Hello and welcome to the Pageant Buzz podcast. You are here with your hosts, Kristen and Rebecca. This is a podcast where we talk about glam, glitz, and what life is really like with a crown. This is a podcast for those girls who have inhaled more hairspray than they have oxygen. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pageant Buzz podcast. You are here with your hosts, Rebecca and Kristen, and Today is the day. Like we promised last week, we are going to do a mock interview with Chris Jenner, interviewee extraordinaire. I guess interviewer I'm, extraordinaire, because normally you're not the interviewee. I know. I'm normally the interviewer. Um, at least for the past three years, I have been the interviewer. I have not been on the other side since 2019 was the last time I've competed. So it's been a long time since I have been on this side of the interview stage. Yeah, I'm so excited. I get to ask all the questions. So in case you missed it last week, we asked for our listeners to submit questions on our Instagram page. So I we got way more questions actually than what I thought. So I am very excited about I'm this because bit, I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to lie because I don't have a good context for what types of questions that people asked. And I was saying to you right before we started, normally in a pageant interview, you have some type of idea of the questions that you're walking into, especially um, if you know the system you're competing in, you know, if it's a platform-based system, you're going to get a lot of platform questions. If it's a more um, traditional system that doesn't have as much of a platform focus, it could be really more of a like questions about your bio or just questions about Mrs. Life in general or those types of things. Or if it's not a Mrs. specific pageant, they could be more current events questions or hot topics. So I have no earthly idea what types of questions that we got. And you basically locked me out of the Instagram. So I have no clue what to expect. I know, but I think that's good because what I at least have found helpful is just listening to how some other people interview and then especially listening to other people interview who I really feel like are good interviewees because then they can turn around and say like oh my gosh I cannot believe I just said that I had no idea what I was even talking about that just came first thing to my head so I just had to roll with it I would have never actually said that if I really thought about it or you know what I mean like it's just if that's like very helpful to hear people who are very good at this, maybe just like get tripped up a little bit and see how they handle it. So I hope, I hope that happens. I'm sorry, but I, okay. I, hope, I hope you get tripped <laughs> up just a smidge, just so then we can hear what it's like to try and recover or whatever, or All to right, fully well, commit to a really ridiculous answer. Well, I have definitely done that in the past. I have definitely committed to an answer that just popped into my head that I was like, thinking back on after the interview was over and thought, why in the world did that, was that my answer? But I owned it. I went with it. And later on, the judges loved it. So, and several of them mentioned that they loved it. So I was like, you know what? I'm glad I went with it. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm thinking, I mean, some of these are pretty good. I feel like it's, I feel like the chances of anyone getting all of these questions in a mock interview are slim to none, but I, okay. I think or in a real interview, probably yeah. in their in an actual interview, not just a mock. <laughs> yeah. So I narrowed them down. 
So I have them in front of me. So what we can do is we'll set a timer. So, all right. So how do you want to do it? Do you want to do a two and a half minute or three minute? What are you thinking? Let's do three minute rounds. Okay. Do you want to do an intro? No. Most, most pageants that exist um, that I'm aware of in 18 and up do not have a personal introduction. Most um, pageants don't do that. That's typically for younger divisions where you come in and give some type of an introduction. Usually you just come in, the current title holder will either introduce you or you'll just say your name and your title. So that's normally how the pageants I'm familiar with work. Okay. So for context, you are going to be in a Mrs. pageant because you are a Mrs. Okay. And you are Rebecca Wheeler. So it's just who you are. And me as a judge, you can kind of think of me as um, like a former title holder judge. Okay. I feel like that might be a good way to to handle it. Perfect. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Timer starts. Okay. If you could create your own holiday, what would it be and why? Well, there is actually a holiday that is National Rebecca Day. And I only found out about it about a year and a half ago. And ever since I found out, I have loved it so much because my name is spelled very uniquely. It is spelled R-E-B-E-K-A-H, not the traditional C-C-A spelling of Rebecca. But this holiday celebrates all spellings of Rebecca. And I think this should be celebrated much more widely than it is. I love that that exists. And I think every name should have its own holiday. Because <laughs> it's it's just like super fun to get to celebrate your name. And today, so many people have really unique names, really individual names. And I know growing up, it was always really hard for me to find personalized things that existed, like, you know, a mug or whatever that has your name on it. So I would love to see every name have its own holiday. Okay. If the pageant buzz had a mascot, what would it be and why? Well, I kind of think that our podcast does have a mascot. It's the bee which it sort of symbolizes the buzz, you know, buzzing around. And it is also really significant to me because the bee is one of the most unique insects that can carry, like, I think it's like 20 times its body weight in pollen, which is super cool. And also the queen bee is, you know, the leader of the hive. So I love that we have our own little mascot of the bee and she always wears a crown, which I love. So we do sort of have a mascot and she's the bee. We do. Okay. What is your favorite childhood memory? This is so hard for me because I am one of those strange people that I don't have a ton of memories from childhood, but something that has recently been coming up in my memories because my little sister just had a new baby is the time that she came home from the hospital. I am 10 years older than she is, and I will never forget the day that she came home from the hospital. I was 10, obviously, I'm 10 years older. So remembering that tiny little baby come home was so special to me. I always felt like she was sort of mine. Even though she was my sister, I very much took on a motherly role with her. And I remember getting to, um, both of our rooms were upstairs in our house. And I remember getting to go in her room in the night and helping change her and helping feed her in the night. And 
sort of she set me up for what I would be like as a mother long term. Now I am a mother of two. I have a 12 year old, almost 13 year old and a 10 year old boy. And I think a lot of the things I did with them as babies, I really learned as a child getting to help take care of my sister. So I love that memory of that day that she came home. All right. And that's our time. All right. Well, thank you so much. How do you think you did? I felt pretty good about it. <laughs> That's what you always ask me or what you used to ask me when we would mock. You'd be like, I know. How do you think you did? How do you think it went? <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, I feel pretty good. I feel, um, I don't think I would have really changed any of my answers. I felt like I was very genuine, very real, very honest and spoke from the heart. I think so too. The one thing that I wish I would have had more research on is the bee. I didn't have the facts that I wished I would have had about the bee. I know that the bee can hold like way more than its body weight in um, carrying the pollen, but I don't, I didn't have the true stat on that. And I wish I would have had that because I didn't feel as knowledgeable in that answer as I wish I would have been. Mm-hmm. So I don't right. know that I, I, I don't know that I sounded as confident with that. I could picture the bee and I could picture our logo and, and how like strong and courageous she is, the our queen bee. But I don't know that that came across in my answer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, like going back and thinking about it, I wish I would have really talked more about the strength of the bee and how we are such strong women. And I hope that we empower others to feel as strong. Oh, that would have been good. <laughs> like um, thinking back on it, I wish I, w- I wouldn't have spent so much time trying to think of that statistic of how much weight that she can hold and just instead talked about how strong she is and how we as co-hosts try to embody that strength. You know, I didn't mind the answer because honestly, it sounded, you sounded very knowledgeable to me. And so mm-hmm. as the interviewer, I was sitting here thinking like, how and then where did that like I was like where did that come from like how did she even know that that's what I was thinking I it was more like I was impressed that you could just pull that out of thin air okay just for me personally I do remember when we came up with the bee that was part of the reason that we chose it is because we always thought that you know the queen bee like did symbolize such a unique thing about like the strength that she had so to me I wish I could have dived back into that and like explained it better but that that's really the only thing I did like just um sort of explanation from a coach side of things I did feel like my childhood memory was able to also talk about me as a mom and I thought that was good for me as a contestant in a Mrs. pageant to because one of the things I always want to talk about is my kids and being a mother and I felt like that I was able to link that in in that answer which I was excited about you did a good job like painting a picture. Like I could envision your bedrooms being, mm-hmm. you know, on the second floor of this house and her coming home mm-hmm. from the hospital. Like you really did paint a picture with that answer. Yeah. And that was like such an honest answer because only two days ago was her baby born. And I really have been thinking so much just the past couple of days about how I felt when she came home from the hospital, because this is her second baby. And I was getting to talk to my oldest niece about 
how now she's a big sister and I'm a big sister to her mom and how special that is and what a big responsibility it is because now you get to be a big sister and help your mom. And like, I got to really think about that so much. So when you asked me that question, that was like right away what popped into my head. I went with the first thing that popped into my head, which is the most recent memory I've been talking about. Well, I didn't have like a planned canned answer where I think a lot of people like go with always the same story, which I could have made that a platform-based answer, mm -hmm. you know, where I talked a lot about like a struggle from childhood that led me to some my platform, but instead I went with like the most honest, real answer and then linked into being a mom today. So when do you think you should link your platform versus just say, just giving them a very straightforward, honest answer? I think when you know that that's, it's hard to, you don't ever want to feel pageant patty. If that makes mm -hmm. sense, you don't want to feel like it's forced or it's you're like trying too hard. And I feel the, the question was your favorite childhood memory. Well, for me, my, my answer that would have led me into my platform isn't my favorite childhood memory. It is a memory from childhood, but it's a traumatic triggering memory. Mm -hmm. So that would have felt very stretch for me. Mm, if okay. you would have just asked me about like a defining childhood memory, that could have been perfect. But that wasn't a favorite memory for me. That was a horrible memory for me. So it mm -hmm. wouldn't have worked in my situation. Now, if your um, platform, if the question can go to your platform in a very natural, real way, then for sure take that chance. But that would have felt very stretchy and really like pageant fake. Right. Okay. That makes sense. That's good advice. So, and you, you, and you would have known as a judge right away. Oh my gosh. This girl is so rehearsed sounding. Right. Okay. And you would have not liked it. It would, you would have not connected to me. We would have not had a connection at all. And you would have been like, uh, no, mm -hmm. you probably would have written in your notes rehearsed because I've told that story 10,000 times in my speaking events and things like that. And it is a very rehearsed answer because I've told it so many times and it wouldn't have sounded natural in that question. Mm -hmm. Okay. Are we ready for round two? Now I'm warmed up. I know. I'm afraid we're not going to get through all of our questions. We may have to do a third round, but we'll what see. What is we'll it see. that I always tell you always? I tell this to all clients. The first round is always your worst round. So hopefully this one gets better. I thought it was pretty good, but yeah. So you got through three questions. We'll see if we can get in a couple more this time. Okay. Are you ready? Ready. Okay. If you could be one Barbie, what would it be and why? What I love about Barbie is she can be anything she wants to be. So to me, Barbie defines that you can be anything. I don't think that there is just one that you can be and, and limit yourself. Because she can just change clothes and be something else. So if I could just pick one, I'd be the original Barbie. Because she can be anything she wants to be from then on. If you could go back to any time in your life, what would it be? And what would you tell your younger self? Hmm. This one is so hard for me because changing any parts of my life wouldn't have led me to where I'm at today. But I wish I could go back and talk to my sixth grade self who had just been told that when I was 
going to be when I was just a little bit thinner or when I lost that baby fat that I would be really pretty. I wish I could go talk to her right after that happened and tell her that I was enough right then, that I didn't need to lose the baby fat, that I was beautiful and perfect as I was. That's the, that's the one thing I wish I could have done differently. But had I done that and I hadn't gone through my 10 years of an eating disorder and I hadn't gone through all of those struggles, then I wouldn't have founded the You Are Enough movement and I wouldn't have been able to impact so many people today through my own story of recovery. So I don't know that I would have really changed it because I wouldn't be who I am today and I wouldn't have the impact I have today. How hard is it to co-host with Kristen, who is an Enneagram 8, and you are an Enneagram 3? Oh, my goodness. Well, this is my own question that I submitted. I will own up to that. Mm -hmm. I... I do find that we often do love to um, butt heads in a very Enneagram A and Enneagram 3 way, but it makes it very fun. I don't think I would like hosting a podcast with another Enneagram 3. I love that we have such different personality types. It keeps us balanced. It keeps it fun. It keeps it energized. And we are always on time and we are always organized because I have an 8 behind me making sure it happens very pageant patty of you but thank you what is what is one issue in society you'd like to solve being a mom of two kids um, who are in preteen ages I wish that we could solve the issue of feeling like you have to keep up with everyone around you which it's something I dealt with as a teen as well. And as a preteen, always wanting to have the perfect clothes, the perfect accessories, the perfect gadgets and technology. I wish that kids, especially in that preteen teen age, felt enough just as they are. That's something I've always felt really passionate about is that people at any age felt confident and adequate in who they are and what they have and how they were made to be and who they were created to be. And I wish so badly that that confidence could be instilled at an early, early age. And I hope that my boys have that and don't feel the need to always keep up and compete with the people around them. And that is time. Thank you so much. How do you think it went? I felt better about that round. Yeah, that was really good. You got in four questions, which is great. I felt very, um, I felt good about that round because I was able to get in platform. Oh no, you got fans. five questions. Sorry, I didn't know oh. you, but you got in five questions. Winner. Um, I felt like I got in my platform. I got in the podcast and I got in um, family. The only thing I didn't get to talk about was marriage. And those were the things that I had sort of planned in my mind. Those, those are my non-negotiables that I really wanted to talk about during that round. And I was able to get them almost all in except for marriage. But there wasn't really a question that I could fit it in naturally without sounding really rehearsed. Yeah, there really wasn't. Um, I know. I really like that one. And honestly, the um, the issue in society, like for me as a judge, what I would have felt very connected to was when you started talking about the boys mm-hmm. and you just don't want them to ever feel like they have to keep up. Mm-hmm. Because, and I'm only like, and this literally just happened with my oldest. She came home and she was like, I need this red, or it was a black and white checkered pajama pants to wear to 
it's called media maker class and they take pictures and stuff. And I guess mm-hmm. the group of girls that she was paired with, she's like, they called them the Lululemon girls. And so you can kind of guess about what uh-huh. this type of person or this, these girls are like, and I guess they all decided what they were going to wear for this group picture when Harper had gone to the bathroom. And when she came back, she was like, Oh, like I don't have a black and white checkered pajama pants. And they said, well, we all have them and too bad. So if you don't have them, then you can't be in the picture. You'll just have to take the picture. Oh. I know. And so she comes home and she's like, mom, I need these pants. And I'm like, okay, like what's going on? And she told me and the Enneagram eight in me wants mm-hmm. to be mean to these girls and give them a lifelong complex because I think that's, that was just so rude to treat somebody like that. And she was so stressed about it. And again, the Enneagram eight and me at that age would have just honestly probably worn something complete opposite just in spite. And then also insisted on being in the picture, (laughs) but she's not like that. And so seeing her stressed about it and just wanting to fit in mm-hmm. broke my heart. I was like, I'm so oh, oh, these girls, but, but as a mom, you can't say anything. You just have to support them. And so when you're talking about that with the boys, like me as a person and a judge, I would have been like, right. Oh my gosh. I feel the same way. Because the thing is it, you see it as a parent happen with your children, but then we as adults also struggle with it, right? Like that Pinterest, Instagram era where we see these other people, women having certain hairstyles or certain outfits or whatever. And we feel like we need to have that. I mean, we all feel that way. And it may not be like our direct friends that are like, well, if you don't have this outfit, you can't be in the picture, but we feel that pressure. And I, that it's just something I'm so passionate about that. Like whatever you have is enough, whatever you are is enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good answer. It made me, made me emotional, Rebecca. Well, I, see, I would have won you over right there, even though I didn't even know that had just happened. I know. I and know, that's, that's sort of like, that's like good context for people to know is like, you never know what one answer is going to resonate with the judge. You don't know what the judge's ex- life experience or the things they're going through or the the things that they have happening in their life, whether they're also going through, you know, the same thing your platform touches, or they have a family member who has, or whatever that thing may be. That's why you can't hold back and you can't not share because that mm-hmm. one time you didn't open up and share and be vulnerable, that could be where you missed that point of connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you don't want to just keep it all super surfacey and then they leave and they don't really know anything about you or what you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. I think anyone with a preteen and up child would have resonated with that answer. Yeah. It's something I definitely see with my own kids and something I've, I've always dealt with. So it's something I'm really like, really that's just that's why I started my whole thing okay now that you have me on my feels um let's do want to do one more round one more speed round okay 
I have enough questions. I don't think we'll get through all the questions, but I have enough questions for sure to do another round. Okay. Well, maybe we can save the rest that we don't get through for like Chris's questions. Oh, that's a good idea. That you could, you could ask me like randomly, you know, we can like switch off or something. Okay. So if we did not get to your question, then you'll have to listen to it for future episodes because I'll hand over whatever questions did not get asked to Rebecca and she can use it for Chris's questions. Perfect. Okay. Ready? Last round. Okay. And begin. Okay. How do you define queen? What does it mean to you? To me, it is absolutely not about the crown and sash that you may or may not wear. Um, That only lasts for a year. And then you have to give it up and you pass it on to someone else. To me, it is the way that you carry yourself and the way that you make it the people in the room and around you feel special. Something I heard once about every Miss America that everyone had ever met when I was a little girl was that they made everyone they encountered feel like the only person in the room. And as I grew up competing, it was something that I always tried to do when I, I was meeting people or I had a crown and sash on, I always tried to live by that Miss America mantra that I had heard as a young child of making every person I encountered feel special and feel seen when wearing a crown and sash. And even now that I don't have one, it's something I still try to do of really just t- being intentional with my time and making sure people feel special. That to me is being a queen. Okay. What is the hardest question you feel like I could ask you right now? I think the hardest question that I've ever been asked in an interview is if you had to invent something, what would it be and why? And I really don't want to be asked that question, although I'm sure now you're going to ask me that. <laughs> well, yeah, what would you invent? I'm sure you've thought about it by now. I have, and I don't, I'm obsessed with the show Shark Tank. I do love that show, but I don't feel that I have a very inventor brain. However, the one invention that I said in in this last time I was asked it, and I'll say it again, is I wish I could invent a bag, like a purse that was stylish and fashionable, but was weightless, that could hold all the things that I need to hold in a day. As a mom, my bag is full of water bottles, snacks. As a mom of younger kids, it had all their extra changes of clothes, um, every little toys, any and everything you could think of. And my bag right now probably weighs like 10 to 12 pounds on average. And during pageant time, way more because I've got extra pairs of shoes and bobby pins and all the things. So I wish I had a bag that was stylish and cute, but weightless and could hold a ton of things. Okay. Um, what do you think the best recruiting tool for the Kristen Houchen pageant is going to be if you were to win the title of Mrs. Kristen Houchen's person? It's getting out there and making a difference and making an impact and showing that impact on social media. So it's a combination of in-person events, but showcasing that work on social media. To me, that is how you recruit. It is showing women who might be interested in the system that they can do it too. And that the work that I'm doing is something that makes a difference. It's fun to take a lot of glamorous pictures and look beautiful and do all those things. That is super fun, but that's not always attainable and realistic for a lot of women. 
But what is realistic is bringing my family, bringing my husband, bringing my kids and going out and serving in my community. And when women see that they can bring their family with them, I think that's what makes them think, okay, I could do that too. And to me, that is the kind of queen I am. I'm a working queen. I want every single rhinestone on this crown to represent the work I've done throughout the year. And I will work so hard during my year as Mrs. Kristen Houchin to do that. I added the title, by the way. I'm sure you could tell. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) To that question. Um, And that was time, by the way. But yeah, I (laughs) wanted to, because I'm like, huh, like, I want to ask this question. This is a really good question as far as recruiting, but I felt like it needed a title that you were going after. Right. I know it sounded weird to say as Mrs. Kristen Houchin, but I didn't know how to answer without saying the title I was competing for. I know. Well, there you did it. So, okay. Yeah, that was, let's see. How many questions did we get there? I think I lost count. Let's see. Which one? I forget. That was great. Yeah. Maybe four. I'll have to go back and listen, but no, I think it was good. How do you think it went? Um, I feel like overall of those three rounds, my second was my best. Um, I don't, I can't really like grade myself on, you know, everything because I'm not a judge. I'm very biased against and for myself, right? Like I'm very critical of my own answers. And so it's hard for me to say like, oh, perfect, amazing. But I really felt like I was able to connect on my answers with who I am, my goals, my passions, show you who I am as a person and the kind of things that I would do. And I felt pretty solid that you got to know exactly who I am. I don't feel like I really stumbled, quote unquote. The That one question about the hardest question I get, get, could get asked, I hated that question though. I'll tell you that. Okay. That's what my next, my next question was going to be was which one did I ask that you're like, Oh my gosh, why? I hated that question. So (laughs) what I went to in my brain was what is the one question that I feel like I've, I got asked that I didn't know how to answer, which was Mm -hmm. that invention question. And I didn't know what to say when they asked me the invention question. I got asked that during COVID and it was like during COVID time, 2019. And I wished so badly that in hindsight, I would have said a COVID vaccine because there had not been one out yet. But of course I didn't say that. I said, I wanted to invent a weightless bag. Like how silly is that? It's not silly. Cause when you said that, honestly, I was like, oh, like a Mary Poppins bag. Oh my gosh. Yes. I want a Mary Poppins bag. That's what I thought when you said but that. But I wanted not just, I want to invent not just a Mary Poppins bag, but one that like looks like a Louis Vuitton or something, right? Like a really cute Mary Poppins bag. Oh, not one that's covered in like couch fabric? Correct. Oh, okay. Like I want like a Chanel, a tiny little Chanel clutch that is a Mary Poppins holding bag that can hold an umbrella inside of it. Yeah, that would actually be amazing. Yes. But why didn't I say a COVID vaccine at the time that would actually like impact the entire world all I said was something that would benefit pretty much me and other moms (laughs) you know what but sometimes the smallest convenience for people can make the biggest difference in their lives right and that's I again like to me when I coach and when I think about interview you can't like always think about 
your answer because you're in a time crunch. And if you spend 20 seconds thinking, you've lost it. You're done. That 20 seconds of silence is you're over. So to me, you have to, if you think you're dead, I, you know, you just got to go with your gut and the first thing that pops into your head that you visualize, go with it. Okay. What happens though? I was waiting for this to happen and it didn't happen. I was hoping for you to have a failure and fall on your face at least once. So then we could see how to like, how to recover from it. So I feel like that, that was a good example of how I sort of did fall on my face because I did not know what to say when you were like, what's the hardest question I could ask you? I, I don't know. Someone submitted that by the way. What I really wanted to say is there is no question that I feel like are hard questions because I'm a pageant interview coach and I do this for a job. Oh yeah, that's actually, <laughs> but, but I felt like if you're competing for a title, you should never tell them that you're a pageant interview coach. Well, I liked your answer because then it turned into like a little cute thing where, where you're just like, well, listen, like I've been asked this before. And exactly. So this- it was, it was perfect because it became a conversation and we had yes. a good back and forth. And we really like, we're just talking and it wasn't a, just a Q and A, which is perfect. That's what you want. You want it to just feel like you're talking. You're just having coffee. You know what I wish I would have done now? What? Was be different judges during the mocks. Like, you know, when you oh, get a like judge that just, yeah, well, you know, when you get a judge that just has no expression on their face and then they also um, have these weird pauses it's yes. like they can't think of another question uh-huh. because they just aren't sure what to ask. Like they aren't uh-huh. a pageant person. Like they're just kind of like, okay. So then you have to kind of lead it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should, we'll have to do it again and we'll, we'll play different roles. Okay. Yeah. Cause that would be good. And then you have some that like just want to talk about themselves and <laughs> <laughs> well, and you hear people complain about it, right? You hear people oh, say for like, sure. oh my gosh. I hated this judge because they were super harsh or I hated this judge because all they did was talk the whole time. They barely got out two questions, but right. Maybe what like- we should do is I'll give you a bio Ooh. and we'll do it like that. Instead of just like listener submitted questions, I will like good give one. you an art, like a pageant bio and then we can go with that. That's a good idea. We'll do and that another can, time. You can do it as different characters. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's hard, right? Because then, or then you might be like, they didn't ask me anything at all that had to do with being a title holder. It doesn't matter what kind of judge it is though. You kind of have to just roll with it because everybody else is probably getting a similar experience. Exactly. Or they spent the whole time just talking to me about where their grandpa lives in Oklahoma. Well, you can't be mad about that because guess what? You just connected with them about Oklahoma and that's where I'm from and they have a family member from there and they're going to remember that about you. Yes, you may not have covered what you're going to do as Mrs. Title Holder, but you did connect with them. So be excited, take that as a a positive and own that part and like look at that as okay, but they now they're going to remember where I'm from and when I get on stage, they will remember me and they will remember that we have that in common. Can I ask you one question? Sure. <laughs> Just, this can be our Chris's question of the week. Yeah, but I'm also a judge. Okay. Okay. And I'm an activist, but you don't know what for or anything. Okay. Do you like barbecue? 
I'm from Oklahoma and I grew up in Texas. So of course I love barbecue. My dad is a rancher. I'm from a huge family of ranchers. Fun fact, my grandpa was the inspiration for the original Marlboro Man. So if I said no, that would probably be something that I would get excommunicated from my family for. So I do love barbecue, but I actually love chicken barbecue the best, not beef. I'm a big fan of barbecue chicken and I love barbecue turkey, like smoked turkey. That's one of my favorite things to order at barbecue restaurants, not beef. I am an advocate for pita. So everything that you just said is incredibly offensive. Well, I totally understand that. But again, what my family's livelihood is, is the ranching industry. So I get that that is your passion and that that's something that you're really involved with. And I totally respect that you have that passion. I'm also really passionate about my platform, which is positive self-image. So I completely relate to having a passion and going all in on that passion. Look at that. Did that work? I thought so. Because I was trying to stay in that mindset of like, I'm really going to hate you. But then when Uh you're like, I understand because I have, and this is, and it's like you were just very gently nudging me to, I would have to be a real jerk, I think, to not follow where you were just leading that. Okay, good. Because I'm not going to argue with you at that point. I'm just not, it's, it's, I'm not a rancher, but that's my family's like livelihood. And I'm not, I'm also not going to lie to you that I do love to have chicken barbecue and I love getting, (laughs) I love getting smoked turkey at barbecue restaurants. That's what I always order. But I understand a lot of people have different passions and I fully support whatever that passion may be. I've had clients who their platform is PETA and I'm Mm -hmm. never going to discourage them from, you know, choosing a different platform because my personal background, that would, that would not work, you know, but you do have to be prepared that not everyone is going to agree or like the things you talk about. No, I think that was a good way to handle it because that's something that very easily could happen with a judge that it just so happens that something that you don't think is a big deal and something that you think is a, could be a good thing or like a fun mm-hmm. thing could be something that they're like, well, actually, I don't like that at all. Right. And just like gently nudging them into something that nobody could say is a bad thing. Having a positive self image, no one should say that that's a bad thing. Exactly. What would you um, score me on my overall interview today out of a scale of one to 10, 10 being the best? I mean, honestly, I thought it went great. I don't, you didn't, I was hoping you'd say, I just would have to say 10, especially considering that I was waiting for something to happen that I could pull out and be like, oh my gosh, like, so when you did this and then, you know, what were you thinking in that moment? It might be better if you interviewed me. And so then we could talk out the bad answers for our listeners. Because you you know me so well, are there any answers that you heard that you feel like I could have answered differently or you know about me that you could have, you were like, oh, you should have said this or I wish you would have talked about this here? Mm, Yes. Uh, The Barbie answer. I think I liked your answer. It was, I mean, it was great. But because I know you, I'm like, why Mm -hmm. did you not say holiday Barbie? Because I feel like that's so limiting. I know, but you could just be like, yeah, it would be holiday Barbie because you love celebrating things. You love specifically holiday Barbie. You buy her every year. You 
you have this gown that looks like a photo of you in a gown that it looks like holiday Barbie. Like it's like a whole thing that you kind of have and collect and do. So that's, that's that was the only thing that when you said that it was a good answer, but I thought it could be more personable if you would have said yeah. holiday Barbie. I just don't want to be like limited to one Barbie identity. I feel like the original Barbie, you just put on a different outfit and you can be anything you want to be. Every day can be a holiday. That's true. I can. That's Every another day can thing, be a actually, because guess what? Guess who randomly knows a holiday for every <laughs> single day for their title holders? Oh, did you know this is like International Pancake Day? Did you know today's International Podcast Day? Did you know today's like International Be a Good Friend Day? That's me. I do love holidays. Okay, good. That's good. That is good feedback. I should have talked about how much I love holiday Barbies and love celebrating random days. All right. Well, you can follow us at Pageant Buzz Pod on Instagram. And as Rebecca always says, don't forget to sparkle. This podcast is produced by the Fearless Network. Always be fearless.